Good evening, Patriots. And it's Friday, March 17th, or the end of it, in the year 2023. East Coast, you've now cruised into the weekend, which is great. A nice Saturday for you all. And we'll be there very shortly. If you guys didn't hear the news, the Kilted Christian show was fantastic. Uh, Duncan proposed to Raina, and she accepted. So it's a beautiful, it was a beautiful show. And just a great blessing to even be part of it. So many thanks to Bars Nation for showing up in mass. There was so many people in chat. It was awesome to see. And it's going to be a big event for the year. So we'll see how all this comes together. But I think that they'll, they're going to be a pretty amazing couple. I'll tell you, that's pretty cool. Make sure you are doing all you can to protect your food supplies. These people, these psychopaths that are running the world, literally want you eating bugs. And by doing things like what they did up in East Palestine, Ohio, they're going to do anything they can to displace you from the land and force you into a place of being reliant on them for your food substance. Have emergency food supplies on hand. That is so critical. Patriots, the world is getting more and more dangerous every single day. You can feel it. That's why I definitely recommend stocking up on emergency food. You know you're going to need this food someday, so get it now before it's too late. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and stock up on their popular three-month emergency food kit. When you do, you'll also get $200 worth of rugged survival gear as a free bonus. You'll need this gear when things fall apart, the grid goes down, and any other time you need to fend for yourself. To see what you get, go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Your $200 bonus gift comes free with each three-month emergency food kit you order to make sure everybody in your family is fully prepared. Act now and sleep better knowing your family won't suffer when disaster strikes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and enjoy free shipping too. MyPatriotSupply.com. Don't delay. This offer won't last forever. Patriots, as I've always said, personal sovereignty begins with food security. MyPatriotSupply.com. Check it out. Do check it out. It's really cool. And they're a great company. Pages, I'm going to just do a lot of different topics tonight, a lot of things that are just kind of pressing, one of which I want to start with, which is this coming, apparently, this pending Trump indictment. This is the Fox News report. It's this is going to get a little stupid, I can tell you already. Well, we are learning that the Manhattan DA's office has asked for a meeting with law enforcement ahead of a potential Trump indictment. This is coming to Fox News from a source in the courts. The meeting, which was requested yesterday and has not been set yet, is to discuss logistics for some time next week, which would mean that they are anticipating an indictment next week. Same source who's familiar with the planning said they will go over security preparations in and around the courthouse in lower Manhattan. Secret Service will take the lead in what they will allow or will not allow. The source cautioned, mentioning, for instance, that the decision to handcuff the president, a former president, or not, they will set the tone and will escort him into the courtroom. There will be coordination between all of us, the source said, but we will defer to the Secret Service. The battle will be between Secret Service and DA Alvin Bragg. They will decide how and when he'll get into the building and they are not going to leave him. The source believes that the former president will still have to be fingerprinted and processed like every other defendant. So um, this is a huge development if Alvin Bragg has decided to go ahead 
with a felony indictment of the former president. This was a, a charge that the federal officials refused to prosecute on or even really pursue. Uh, this was a misdemeanor in New York that Alvin Bragg has decided to elevate to a felony while at the same time downgrading other felonies to misdemeanors. So we'll be watching this to see how it all unfolds to get more information as it comes in. So what this is is just a desperation to keep people distracted. And, and I really wanted to go back to a lot of the discussions we've had this week, which were truly Holy Spirit-led, okay? And it's the principle that we went through the other night in Joshua 5, 13 to 16, which is the captain of the Lord of Hosts' army. When he confronts Joshua in front of Jericho, and Joshua asks him, are you for us or against us? And he says, no. Meaning, I'm not part of your bipolar world you're in. I represent the Lord. And then he tells Joshua that he's on holy ground and to take off his sandals. That's the position we all should be holding. And this is going to get really dicey for people. I've already had conversations today to know that people are already starting to get dialed up on this. Don't be fooled and don't be led into the trickery. Until you can sit back and have legitimate answers from each side, I've been saying this literally for well over a year, if not longer, is that this is a fight between elites. So the questions that we have to be putting before ourselves is, arrest or no arrest of President Trump, how does this change the CBDC? How does this change the U.S. debt of 32 million, trillion, excuse me? How does this change the Fed pay system that's just rolling out in July to try to force everybody into a Fed-controlled pay system? How does this change the fact that they're still deploying the death shot or the vax? How does this change the investments that they're doing into AI, meta, and blockchain? The answer is it doesn't change anything, but it does distract you. And it does get you emotionally bent. And it does take you out of the loop of being focused on God. All these things is what they're doing. And they're running out of things to talk about. Have you noticed? If I did a survey and asked how many people are listening to mainstream media, I'm willing to bet that most of ours nation would be like, I'm not. Well, they know that. Fox News is going to carry this. Every, every mainstream media channel is going to carry it because they have to find a way to get viewers back in. And it's not just about viewers. It's about the brain control system that they're working on that is falling apart. So all of this nonsense that they're doing here is, is just that. It's a, it's a script and it's a karaoke theater. Or kabuki theater would be better said. So just ignore it and stay in prayer and stay focused. We are in a really amazing moment in this nation. We're sitting on the cusp of a major breakthrough of repentance and eyes to God. And they know that as well. We've been seeing these spot revivals happening. We're seeing more and more people seeking the Lord. We're finding a common ground that in, in our love in Jesus, that's getting the healing is happening between us. So this is, has them in sheer panic. And them is not limited to like, oh, it's just the Bidens. This is the uniparty. Where does President Trump sit in that uniparty? I don't know, but I know this. Until we have a change in policy towards his position on the vax, and until we start hearing about him condemning the expansion of AI, quantum computing, 
and the idea of more surveillance and control, until we start hearing those things openly, start hearing about the need to shrink government and cut back on the BATF, restoring our gun rights, restoring our First Amendment rights, these are things that are substantive things that we need to be hearing about, not we're going to build 10 cities. And unfortunately, we're not getting any of that. So I'm hitting hard here because there is a real place where people sit in this still the strong idolatry of President Trump. And I'm encouraging people to step back, as you know. Don't be swayed by that sort of worship. And especially now. I mean, we're in 2023. They're doing all this as well ahead of the presidential, the official launch of presidential campaigns. Everything to mar a candidate. So that now, no matter what happens, he'll be able to carry that stain. He'll have to carry that stain with him. And this is also just so the timing of it. This is on the same day that he posted on Facebook and, and he's back on YouTube. And on the same day that he said that only he could stop World War III. So you can see where this is. This is all one big show. And if you follow the Luciferian line... They have these, these ritual humiliation rituals, which they have to go through in order to, to attain greater power. I can't think of a greater humiliation ritual than to have, as a former president or current president, however you want to look at that, you're being arrested and publicly displayed. So be very cautious. Because we have yet, I'm not saying President Trump is or isn't in that camp. I'm just saying be cautious. This is this smells a whole lot like what I'm calling Lucifer's pendulum, swinging between the dark, dark, and swinging between the Luciferian light. We stand on God's land, just like the captain of the Lord of Hosts army. We stand there, and as we stand there, nothing affects us. We just our our mission doesn't change. Doesn't matter whether you have President Trump, whether you have Biden, whether you have DeSantis, whether you have. Robert Kennedy, I don't care who you have. Our mission remains the same, is to restore this land as it was designed to put God on the throne and to walk with Christ in our hearts so that we can be free men and women that where government is ex- executing the wills of the people, not government dictating to the people at, like they are slaves. That's pretty simple. And that's just a focus we have to maintain. This pandemic has been an interesting time, and it has changed all of us to a certain degree. This piece is, is very spiritually neutral, but I wanted to play it because I think she's got some good points here worth listening to. So take a listen. So what happened to you? That's what people want to know, right? What happened to you? You came out of the pandemic and you're completely different, aren't you? But nobody understands what you're going through, do they? People probably think that you're losing it. Because while everybody's on here posting videos of their before and their after, their 2020 picture and their 2023 picture and all the changes that occurred in their life in the last three years, well, yours is a little bit different. You may look different on the outside, but your changes, they run deeper. You experienced, along with a lot of other people on this planet, a shift in consciousness. Everybody has their theories, right, about the pandemic. Everybody has their theories about COVID. I don't get caught up on theories. 
However, my theory on COVID is that every one of us on this planet experienced this pandemic for a very different reason. Every single one of our lives on this planet were affected, touched, and changed by that virus and what the planet's reaction to that virus was. You've lost people. I know you have. I have too. The entire trajectory, the entire landscape of your world shifted. You are not the same you that entered the COVID pandemic. Listen, there's a bazillion people, right, on this planet at this given moment. Not everybody in this lifetime, in their lifetime, will wake up. But you've woken up. You've woken up. The veil has lifted for you or is starting to lift. Everybody right now has been given a choice. And as hard as that may be for some to accept, the truth is out there for everybody to make a choice and the choices they have to make. This is not a time that you get to pass off or push forward or wait for a future moment. The choices are before us and the path is there to choose. Wide gate, narrow path. There is a real awakening, though, happening in America. The problem is a lot of the mainstream statistics are all focusing on the negative. They're trying to show the rise of LGBTQ. They're trying to show how many people have a biblical worldview. What they're missing is the core value of, of what's out here. There is a statistic, there is a study I've seen that is not out yet, but it is amazing what it reflects. And it was the most com comprehensive survey ever done of Americans. And I just saw this when I was back in North Carolina about three weeks ago. And it's the most comprehensive survey that's ever been done of Americans that did not seek to present this in a biblical view, just to ask some key questions that are neutral politically and neutral scripturally. And this is very important. Because what comes out of this is 80% or more of the families will die to protect their nuclear family. That's a massive, massive position. And it shows that the core values are in the right place. And as all things, if we're going to walk into this arena and we're going to expect everybody to just run to Jesus, we're forgetting the basic principle of how Christ walked. Meet them where they are. And that is an essential position here. People, When people start getting bent and wrapped up around Israel or they start getting bent or wrapped up around, well, this person didn't go through these specific rituals in Jesus. Why don't we take a breath a minute and start realizing how many people are searching and how many people need that relationship to guide them and to bring them to the place of understanding what Jesus brings. There's so many people that have never experienced Christ. And we need to be focusing inside our borders. And that goes for every country around the world. Focusing inside our borders. Focusing on where our people need to go. I am one who just cannot stand missions going across the world. I, it irritates me every time I hear somebody raising money for it. You want to do a mission? Go into inner city Chicago. You want to do a mission? Go to inner city Boston. You want to go to do a mission? Go to inner city Baltimore. Go to inner city Portland. Go to inner city Atlanta. Go to inner city Houston, Los Angeles, Miami. Now you're making traction. 
but we're so willing and desirous to always look outward rather than fix our and clean up our own house. And that's what we've become. And we are a train wreck right now as a nation. The good news, so many people are seeking and so many people are looking for Christ. And the more that we can present that and meet them where they are, the greater we are and the more courageous we are. I met a couple of kids, I say that, it's not fair, young men. When I, last fall, down at Glad Tidings Church, and they had just come back from inner city Chicago. And by the way, they weren't wearing bulletproof vests. They were in there trusting in the Holy Spirit to bring them into the relationships with gangs, and they were being successful. At Antifa's peak, when they were burning in Portland down, there were at least two or three pastors on the ground that were walking amongst Antifa, praying for them, engaging them, fearlessly doing the work of Jesus. That's what we're talking about. And it takes that fearlessness to do that. We've been told very clearly, fear not. And that is not a small thing. When we put any sort of fear in our heart, the enemy is going to find that opening and attack and attack aggressively. I'm going to play a short piece here. It's, it's really important to grab the perspective on this. And what this is, is it's how we see the world. This is a young little girl walking. She's muddy, she's wet, and she's adorable. But just hear these words. I am tired. I, I feel I'm sick. I am tired. I am wet. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Nothing else can go on. I think she's adorable. But here's the thing. We do this all the time. How many times do you wake up and say, I am healthy, I feel great, I am in love with the Lord? I guarantee that's not as often as you're going to say, oh, my toe hurts, my back hurts, my joints hurt, my thumb hurts, I'm sick, I don't feel good today, I feel tired. That's the devil's narrative. And we embrace it all the time. Just like when we start saying like, well, we're going to go out and we're going to do it. We're going to go into Portland as an example. And we're going to meet and, and pray for people. And then I always hear, well, I'm going to stack some guns somewhere. That's the devil's narrative. God told us to fear not, to not be afraid. But the minute that we start arming up to go do engagements in the name of the Lord, we're stepping across a line here that, I'm not personally going to stand before God at the end of my time and go, oh, yeah, I was doing the evangelism, but I always packed in my back because I wanted, I was afraid I was going to shoot one of your children. There is a time and a place for war. I've walked it. I know it. And there's people that have seen a lot more of it than me. But there's too much eagerness to get to the gun and not enough eagerness to pull up the Bible and lead with the sword of the Spirit. I want to read some things here today with, about David. I don't know if you're familiar of what presence, the bread of presence is, but I want to read about this. The bread of the presence, also called the showbread or shoe bread, is some, in some translations, was special bread always present on the table in the tabernacle and later in the temple. That's what, you can find that in Leviticus 5 to, 24, 5 to 7. And it describes the bread like this. You shall take fine flour and bake 12 loaves from it, two-tenths of an FF, 
shall be in each loaf, and you shall set them in two piles, six in a pile, on the table of pure pure gold before the Lord, and you shall put pure frankincense on each pile, that it may go with bread as a memorial portion, as, as a food offering to the Lord. The bread of the presence was made of fine flour, baked in 12 loaves, arranged in two piles of six loaves, each on the table of pure gold, covered with frankincense, and served as a memorial food offering to the Lord. The bread could only be eaten by Aaron and his sons in the holy place and was set out every Sabbath day. That's Leviticus 24, 8 to 9. The bread of presence is first mentioned in Exodus 25, 30. God instructed it to be placed on the golden table in the tabernacle. The bread is also listed in the contributions for the tabernacle in Exodus 35, 13, and noted as part of a completed tabernacle in Exodus 39, 36. In Numbers 4, the the, uh, Kohathites, who were sons of Levi, were given responsibility for the care of the table of the showbread. At one point in David's life, when he was on the run from Saul, he asked the priest Ahimelech for food. The priest gave David the bread of presence, since it was the only bread available. David was not a priest, so it was technically unlawful for him to eat the showbread. Jesus later refers to this event using it as proof that the law was designed for man's benefit and that Christ is Lord of the Sabbath. The Old Testament showbread placed on the table in the tabernacle provides a wonderful picture of Jesus, the bread of life. Jesus is holy before God. He provides true sustenance and he is always present. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever come to me will never go hungry. We've been talking a lot about sourdough, and this was something that God put on my heart. And as I've moved around, I cannot describe how many people, it's just stunning to me how many people have had the same calling suddenly, or I should just say nudge, not so much calling, to start making sourdough. And many people are making sourdough all of a sudden. It had nothing to do with Bards FM. We have lots of people in Bards Nation making sourdough. But people outside that have never heard my discussions about the sourdough revolution are making sourdough. So I had a conversation today with a pastor by the name of Pastor Anthony, who's down in Naples, Florida. A great man. There's a really This is a God connection again. He is the pastor for Shemaine and Ted Nugent. And that's how I was introduced to him. But interestingly, he's close friends with Pastor Dave Bryant in Glad at Glad Tidings Church in Yuba City. And he's in Naples because Glad Tidings Church laid hands on him and prayed, and that's where he was directed to go to set up his church. And I'm good friends with Dave Bryant and, of course, love the church in Glad Tidings Church in Yuba City. So there's a really interesting connection here that God works. But he presented a really interesting perspective today because he too had a vision about bread. And all this leads back to our role in what we're doing in this time. And so I'm going to read here 1 Samuel 21. 
David takes consecrated bread. Then David came to Nob, to Amalek, the priest, and Amalek came trembling to meet David and said to him, Why are you alone and no one with you? David said to Amalek, the priest, The king has commissioned me with a matter and has said to me, No one is to know anything about the matter on which I am sending you and which I am commissioned and which I have commissioned you and have directed the young men in certain places. Now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever you can be or whatever can be found. The priest answered David and said, There is no ordinary bread on hand, but there is consecrated bread. If only the young men have kept their, their, themselves from women. David answered the priest and said to him, Be assured, women have been denied to us as previously when I left and the bodies of the young men were consecrated. Though it was on an ordinary journey, how much more than, than will, how much more than will their bodies be consecrated today? So the priests gave him consecrated bread. For there was no bread there except the bread of the presence, which was removed from its place before the Lord in order to put hot bread in its place on the day in which it was taken. So there we have David receiving the, the bread of presence on his mission. But it goes further, and it's important. Now one of the servants of Saul was there that day detained before the Lord, and his name was Doag, the Edomite, the chief of Saul's shepherds. David said to Ahimelech, Now is there no spear or sword on hand? For I brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's matter was urgent. Then the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, Behold, it is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you would take it for yourself, take it, for there is no other except it here. And David said, There is none like it. Give it to me. Then David set out and fled that day from Saul and went to the Ashish king of Gath. But the servants of Ashish said to him, Is this not David, the king of the land? Did you... Did they not sing of this one as they, as they danced, saying, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? David took these words to heart and greatly feared Ashish king of Gath. So he disguised his sanity while in their sight and acted in, insanely in their custody, and he scribbled on the doors of the gate and drooled on his beard. Then she said to the servants, Look, you see that man is behaving like an insane person? Why do you bring him to me? Do I lack insane people that you have brought this one to, to behave like an insane person before me? Shall this one come into my house? Patriots, it was really interesting in talking to Pastor Anthony and the perspective that he provided today when I discussed with him this nudge to do the sourdough revolution. And this is essentially what he was saying. In, his, in the vision that God gave him, each of us needs to be having fresh bread on hand. It's literally a representation in his way of looking at things of the Holy Spirit. And we need to be 
prepared to offer, quote, a sword to each person. In the sense of a daily, that can be very much like the Holy Spirit and the sword of the Spirit. We have a mission right now that's very simple. And that mission is to meet people where they are and to provide them with sustenance, which is spiritual sustenance as much as it is physical sustenance. And as we do that and we overcome, we become the overcomers and we are raising people up. This is a fearless mission. And it's one where we need to be. But it's more, and it goes back to what that little girl was saying, and that's why I played that piece. To do that, we have to stop repeating the narratives of the enemy. To be fearless, we have to start embracing the perfection in which God created us in. If we're going to go around each day and start reciting to ourselves how tired I am, how achy my body is, how sick I feel, how old I'm getting, these are just things intended to wear us down, and they just feed the narrative ultimately of fear and disempowerment. The enemy is masterful at doing this, of seeding these thoughts and seeding these subtleties to keep us in, in a submissive place. We put on our own shackles, and we have to break those shackles. The concept of breaking bread is a profound concept. It's truly, you're creating fellowship. And as we make the bread, and I hope that you're praying into it, we're creating something that is greater than us. And we're sharing that with a neighbor. I'm really serious about this sourdough revolution thing. And it's something that every single person can and should do on a weekly basis. In doing so, we're offering something greater into the world. We're getting our hands literally into the place of sowing seeds. And we're building the bridges necessary to start raising up the army in the body of Christ. And with that comes the healing. And as we get to know people and as we have the opportunity to engage with people, we're also walking with the Holy Spirit. We're literally engaging them with the, Holy, with the sword of the Spirit raised, not to condemn them, but in, in to bless them. And all of these engagements end up meeting them where they are. So important. We have a, a, a time right now where we have such opportunity to bring so many to Christ. Not everybody will choose this way. Others will choose to go another way. And that's why God gave us free will. But in this time, when they start to experience the power of the Holy Spirit within us, people are going to be attracted and are going to be drawn to what that offers in their own life. Those narratives, though, of the negative are predominant in the, in the issues we have. And when we start releasing ourselves from that bondage, we start embracing the walk within kingdom. It's so powerful. We can't control what goes on across the world. We can't control what goes on in our federal government. We can't control what goes on in your state government. But we can control the communities in the sense that we can affect, I should say, the communities in which we live. And we can affect them very positively. I've recounted this story so many times this week about the homeless man that I engaged with last Sunday. And that has a, a resonance that's amazing because that story alone has hit other people's lives and other people's hearts, inspired other people to rethink. Each of us have those stories. This is literally the war of the storyteller, the war of the narrative. 
And as we're walking in the Holy Spirit and we're letting God lead us, there are so many amazing and beautiful stories that start to evolve from that. Just like happened earlier tonight on Kilted Christian, that is a story now that will be remembered in the darkest of times on a day that they announced that Trump's going to get arrested, whatever, on a day that we have stock market collapse or fall and we are looking at more bank failures and all these things and people are wringing their hands. Two people came together and accepted to get married, putting God on their found, as their foundation of that marriage. And they will be an amazing couple as they go forward. That takes fearlessness. That takes courage. It takes the casting out of all the negatives. You know how many stories you could tell yourself about why you shouldn't get married? I shouldn't get married because. I shouldn't get married because. You could go on a list, and I'm sure you could create a list that's longer than you would want to write. But all of that was cast out. It was cast out instead to focus on the simple and perfect, on the blessings that God had given each of them, on the joy that they found in each of them. And with that, they are going to create a powerful union that hopefully will spark others to realize the power of that union as well. There's so much greatness happening right now. And as we step away from the narrative of the dark and the evil, step away from the subtle narratives of the negative and the pain and the reminding ourselves of how we aren't so good, we step in instead into the perfection of kingdom. Wherever we are is where God needs us. And the farther we go into God, the more that we start to reset ourselves in him. But we have to let go of the shackles of the old. And those shackles are bold at times, like arresting somebody or being called out in a public venue nationally so they crush your reputation, or they're subtle. And many of the subtle ones we're doing to ourselves. In a very simple sense, our war is waged with bread and sword. It's not a complicated fight. We make it complicated because we want it to be complicated, because with that we can come up with a thousand different excuses of why we can't succeed. That's the wrong approach. God can change everything with a breath. We're here now in this time maturing, growing. There's a shift in consciousness that as we've moved through. And I think every single person can agree that as we look back on where we were three years ago to where we are today or four years ago, Bards FM is going to be four years old come this May. And that's four years of building and talking and communicating and growing all of us together. That change is deep. It's spiritual. Our relationship with God is different than it was four years ago. It's deeper. It's more profound. It's more alive in so many ways. And those are the things to shape each day with. Those are the sh- things that shape our, our way we are. It's And it's the beautiful walk in which we take. But the minute that the enemy can lodge in our thoughts the idea that, oh, oh my goodness, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a horrible place. I'm in so much pain. I, I'm getting old. My hairline's drifting. I'm getting wrinkles on my face. My nails are getting 
tarnished and ugly and cracking. My toenails look like garbage. I've gained weight. Whatever you want to tell yourself. All of those things mean nothing in terms of spirit. We need the vibrance of the Holy Spirit, and you get there by embracing the glory of God in every single day. I've had a really good walk in this the last four weeks. This leg that I had, it was I tore a muscle in the back of my, what I ended up doing was tearing a muscle. It was actually more than that, but that's another story. But I've been through a point where I literally for a couple days couldn't walk. The pain was unbelievable. And even when I could walk, it was, I was hanging on to everything I could to keep my balance and not fall. Not because I didn't have strength, because I had no way of weight, carrying weight on one of my legs. At one point early on, within the first couple of days, I was on my knees in prayer, and I just said, Father, you have me here. I cannot do this without you, so guide me. And as we've moved through this, and then into last week when I was at the deliverance conference at Isaiah 61, I met, as God would do, and to God, the way God does do, an amazing massage therapist who's a Christian and a, and a spiritual healer. She prays into everything. I'm telling you that today, which is about 10 days after that meeting, I'm walking almost normal. The healing is almost complete in the leg. And what I've learned from this is, and what I was what I was interested to see as we went through this, where did my thoughts ever deviate? I was frustrated a couple of days because of the pain, but not mad at God, just frustrated that my body wasn't functioning. But I'm going to tell you, I, I've done more praise and thanks to Father in this time than probably I have in months. And it's because where he has me is where he needs me. I wasn't going to let the devil in my head. I wasn't going to let the enemy get in there and start telling me that it's over. In fact, I told him just the same, just the opposite. As I got there, I had a couple of different days when I hardly could walk on my knees. I just said, hey, devil, you think you're going to stop me? You aren't. Because if I have to go slower and crawl, I'll figure it out. But you will not stop me. That is the sort of ferocity that every one of us needs to have now. And as we go back and pivot back to a simple principle of bread and swords, we have everything we need to build our communities around us. Get rid of the thoughts of the enemy. Focus on the glories of heaven. Bake bread. Share it with your neighbor. Bake and break bread and share it with your neighbor and carry that sort of the spirit so that you can share with them the glories of, of heaven. You don't have to talk scripture. Just the presence of your joy within the, within the kingdom is an, always an opener because people will see it. And as we do this, all this other nonsense, the Trump arrest, the collapse of the banks, whatever, you can't control it. So don't hang on to it. Don't waste your time with it. And when we start looking across the world and we start worrying about what's going to go on in Europe or what's going on in Russia, or what's going to go on in Israel, what's going to go on in China, you can't control it. So don't worry about it. You want to pray to it, pray on it. But it's the focus needs to be on our own nation right now. This is where we need healing. This is where the greatest work is. And 
we need to stop running from our problems. We need to start facing our problems and raising them up in the love of Jesus, in the love of Father God, and start building the healing bridges necessary to bring us back together. When we get our house cleaned up, the world is awaits. It's not going anywhere. But we have a lot of work to do to muck out this mess that we're in. And once we get there, it's going to be amazing. Our nation sits now on the cusp of something profound. We can feel it. It's small little spot revivals. It may not hit your community yet, but it's coming. People are awakening. They're being drawn to the power of the Holy Spirit. And the statistics, like I said, show that people have a core value that's so important. So as long as we're going out to meet people where they are, there's only good things ahead. And there are glorious things ahead. And when you tie that in with letting Father lead you in every step, there's nothing more powerful. Let him in on your bread baking. Ask him to join you when you bake bread. Share the experience with him. And then share it with your neighbor and watch what happens. Patriots, let's pray. Father God, we're just very blessed tonight to be here, to assemble here and to just reflect deeply on your love and some of the fundamentals of just building community. We're always so eager to run away, to go to other places and not so eager to work within our backyard. We're always so knee-jerk reaction towards wanting to talk of the negative intent instead of embracing the glory and love of kingdom. So, Father, our prayers tonight are simple. Let us focus on our own neighborhood and our backyards. Let us pray into that and share the glories of the Holy Spirit and the love that is there to mend these places before we go running away or before we start condemning ourselves and others simply because the father of lies has infected our thoughts. Let us keep our eyes on the cross. Let us pray into the mission that each of us has and ask you for clarity on what you want us to do. And may you bless us with the ears to hear, to respond clearly to what that message is. And whatever that message is, pursue it and pursue it relentlessly. Thank you, Father, for this time. Thank you for the blessings given. Thank you for the glories of optimism that continue to crop up in key areas. For our reference tonight in terms of Raina and and Duncan, may you bless them as yet another reminder of the power of love in a time when there seems to be darkness, and yet the darkness can't endure. Guide us, protect us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. This is a, for me, every day I'm getting up, I'm excited about what's before us. Missions to do, campaigns to lead, fights to over to take on to the enemy, and an enemy to subdue. And it takes many different forms. This enemy has one major tool, making us believe that we can't. And they will use anything in their power. And they're playing us hard. But when we're standing where the captain of the Lord of hosts stood, we're standing on holy ground, which we can proclaim. We have been given the authority over evil. 
And we've been reminded that we can do greater works than he, referencing Christ. If we're going to lean into that and pursue that aggressively, trusting in God to lead us and Father to teach us, patriots, this enemy's got no chance. Just a last consideration for you tonight, which I think is very profound. There's about 330,000 churches in this nation. The average the average congregation's less than 200. For the sake of ease, we're going to call it about 200. That means there's over 66 million people in our churches that if they can get on board with engaging the public, breaking bread, and literally carrying the sword of the Spirit into these meetings of strangers and people and neighborhoods and and their neighbors and their friends to raise up the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you right now, that's an army. And that's an army that will shake the foundations of this nation and put us back on the right track almost instantly. We have a lot of win yet in us. But we have to get over ourselves and the corruption in our thinking and the doubt that we have that somehow we can't overcome. God did not create us that way. This father of lies polluted us that way. So now it's time for us to get on our knees, pray, and stand up and be bold and be heard. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy, mission forward. Patriots, I will see you Sunday night. Sunday night's show is going to be late. It's going to be an 11 o'clock show because I'm down here in Yuba City, and I'm going to be up at the Satellite Church in Grass Valley. So it will be an 11 o'clock show Sunday night. I'll make sure and post it in Telegram for everybody, and the time is already set for that. So until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I wanna feel something. I just wanna breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I wanna feel something. Let me get back in my body.
close to me, look how this 